0: Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of You You Didn't Didn't Ask
1: with Frankie and Tish.
0: Hello, Tish. How are you on this fine Friday evening? (laughs) I'm doing (laughs) spectacular, spooky, spooky, spooky. You know what? It's August, but it feels like Halloween to me already. For some reason, whenever August hits, it to me, it's like fall. Ah,
1: autumn. August. Autumn. Well it's I not
0: it's hot. Would agree with you <laughs> like <laughs> as
1: far as all the stuff that's coming out however it's way too hot for me. I need the cold to feel like okay, I know I can't wait for winter. Seriously, right now, I am, like, sweating bullets. Yeah, I think Because
0: I- we can't have the fan or AC on. It's, like, too noisy in the background. And the second we turn it off, I just start raining.
1: And all our hot breathing towards each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm raining. I can't wait for winter, actually.
1: It's my favorite time of year because I can wear, like, bulky long jackets and it'd just be okay and I won't sweat or anything. And actually, speaking of winter... Pontius. Uh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the
0: topic of today takes place in the dead of winter. Mm-hmm. We have done a lot of ghost stuff recently and other interesting things. We did we even did a uh conspiracy theories on the King of rock and roll. Yeah. so we th- kind of thought we'd redirect to true crime.
1: It's been a while since we did some crime inspired. Awfulness. Yeah. And you know what? True crime, like some, I, I have to say, like, I don't know why
0: there's like this fascination with watching like true crime documentaries and like, you know, l- learning about the minds of a serial killer and stuff. I, for some reason, it fascinates me. Um, but some of them are really hard, and I think mm-hmm. that this one here for me is going to end up being pretty serious. So you might just see me be like, Ugh, "Yeah, and we
1: pan here." We advise so, if you have like children or anything that like under a certain age that you don't want to hear about certain things. This is probably the one that we would suggest that you ask them to leave the room. Right? It might be triggering. Ears. We're
0: talking about a lot of. Well, we'll just say it with. You know, Tish brought to my attention about how Mr. John Ramsey mm-hmm. is in the news again, and he has been asking for uh, a new DNA tests to like, yeah, exaggerate. like newer technology type stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this will prove our innocence kind of thing. So having that in the news, we thought that we would talk about the JonBenet Ramsey case. Yes. So again, heavy topic. Very heavy topic. So I mean the best way I feel like to start this off too would just be kind of like I know this is not a new case. This mm-hmm. is something that happened. How many years ago is it now? It's twenty-six years? Can 20... I do the math? Six, six, twelve. Yeah, twenty six years. Twenty six years ago it was ninety-six, right?
1: Is 96 your math to six oh 06,
0: six to sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two. I believe 20, you. <laughs> twenty-six years ago.
1: Damn, I graduated from high school that long ago. Uh.
0: Shoot. So Anyways, it's been 26 years since this whole case came known to the world. And in those 26 years, there are numerous documentaries. There are numerous theories, conspiracies. I mean, so much. They haven't stopped talking about this sweet little girl who I feel so terrible for. I mean, such... uh, It's so hard. She was only six years old, so... I mean, not that the age would matter. It just is. As a mom, it's like super heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And honestly, to me, this is one of those you know cases where you hear it and it sticks with you. Yeah. Whether or not, like you have the you can the, the ability to like, yeah, you can't even if you don't want to know. Everybody it's everywhere. Now. Yeah, it was plastered all over. You know. Uh, magazines when you were in the grocery store it was like on every single news channel at every hour of the day
1: do what do you remember about it so it was 96 right so i was 16 um and i just remember it being on the news i remember everyone talking about it i remember the images and it just being something that was ongoing like the first like really I think um, a event of my lifetime, besides like, as far as like a, a case, a murder case, and all that kind of stuff, where it was on the news, and like we, had all- or you
0: were at an age where you really understood and that kind of stuff. Yeah, because we may have lived during the time of like you know, the Zodiac, but that was, like, when we were too young to remember, Mm -hmm. and by the time, you know, it kind of faded out, so I know what you mean. It was something that really impacted you. Yeah,
1: and every single time some new piece of, like, evidence or a theory or whatever popped up, everybody was, like, oh, my God. Like, and it it was just, like, this thing was taking twists and turns, and... Yeah, I do remember that. I remember people
0: flocking to it, and I remember stuff, like, coming up, like, little by little, Mm -hmm. and... The details didn't stick with me too well because I remember being so heartbroken about this poor little girl and the Mm -hmm. possibility of, like, maybe her parents taking her life. So it was sort of muddled for me. And Mm -hmm. thinking back on it, I remember, like, oh, she's sleeping in her bed and there's, like, an intruder and maybe her brother may have heard her or something. And, you know, she was kidnapped but then, like, found in her house murdered. and, And it was, like, little bits of evidence or story or like conspiracies whatever it is people's thoughts every time like something new came up it's like oh this was found maybe it was at first it was like oh it was intruder oh maybe it was the brother oh maybe it was mom and dad oh maybe it's the neighbor you know
1: and i remember all that kind of stuff yeah the media really like pressed hard as making sure that everybody Was aware of, like, every bit that they could.
0: And it was interesting, too. I know we watched a documentary on it, Mm -hmm. um, The Death of John JonBenet Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, And even they said, like, it was so much in the face of everyone constantly. And it was more so like because they needed to fill time like yeah it was a, a time of the year like during christmas where not a lot is going on and there wasn't a lot of the news so this was like the only news story like anything like the that was news scary that- yeah and they were like uh, your you know your affluent white american everything they never, never right. try to
1: point towards as far as like who didn't who's responsible and who's guilty like this was like like Uh, out in the field right
0: right so that's why it's like we we have all this information that we're going to fill time with but it's also super interesting because it's nothing that you would ever imagine as a possibility Mm -hmm. even though i mean honestly if you think about the menendez brothers and stuff it, it happens it happens but anyway that's a story for a different day so kind of what i want to start off with is are just the facts so the facts of you know, no no uh muddied not muddied with our personal thoughts or anything else. So the facts of the case are on December twenty fifth, nineteen ninety six, the Ramseys attended a Christmas party, I believe at their their neighbors or their their family friends.
1: Yeah. Neighbors like I don't know how close they were, but the neighbors' house.
0: Right. So they went to this party, they came home and had apparently put the kids to bed. Mm-hmm. Then on twelve twenty six, nine one one call is made um, from Patsy reporting the kidnapping of her daughter, that she had found a ransom note and her right. daughter was missing. Mm-hmm. At 5.54 a.m., so this is right two minutes after the 911 call, she calls close family friends and has them come over to her house. Which to me is like... I don't know.
1: (laughs) We'll get into we'll get into that thoughts and feelings. So yeah.
0: So and then at six a.m. police arrived. One p.m. her body's discovered in the basement uh 122796 so this is the day after her death is ruled a homicide 123096 samples are taken from the ramseys mm-hmm. 123196 john Bonet was buried in georgia um they took her from colorado to georgia to bury her alongside her uh, older sister elizabeth who was john's daughter from another marriage mm-hmm. she had died in a car accident and this is just four days after her her death uh January 1st 1997 Patsy and John are interv- are interviewed on CNN uh for 1897 John and Patsy are named as suspects for 3097 John and Patsy f- are formerly interviewed by the police so again let me just say this she was discovered dead 1226 and are formerly interviewed by the police 4 3097. Uh, six twenty-four ninety-seven. The Ramses were interviewed by the district attorney's investigators. Nine fifteen ninety-seven. The grand jury begins their investigation. Ten thirty-one ninety-nine. The grand jury disbands without an indictment. Seven nine o eight. The Ramses are cleared. Two twelve o nine. The case is reopened. January twenty seventh, twenty thirteen. A news article in the Daily Camera reveals that the grand jury voted to indict John and Patsy, but the DA, Alex Hunter, refused to sign the indictment. September 12, 2016, this is when John Benet's older brother, Burke, Mm -hmm. finally decides after years to break his silence and speaks out on Dr. Phil. Mm -hmm. And then December 28, 2016, he sues CBS... And the experts that were investigating and doing this documentary that we talked about, yes. that they kind of, they didn't really like accuse him and say that he did it, but they went as far as they possibly could without pointing that finger. Yeah. And uh, basically kind of led to the fact that, or alluded to the fact that it may have been him. Twelve twenty eight sixteen, 16, he sues them. For I want to say seven hundred fifty million dollars, but I've heard so many numbers. Um, anyways, he sues them for the false or what are they uh, defamation of character, and they reached a settlement. That
1: seems to be really popular lately, right?
0: And they reached a settlement in twenty nineteen. So that's just kind of like the facts, the timeline. And this is where it starts to... I mean, you can kind of already see, based on the timeline, like, the length of time that it's taking for the investigation to start mm-hmm. off, the length of time that they're getting actually questioned by the police. Like, all this stuff that goes by that just from the timeline, you can go, like, what
1: the fuck? Yeah, for like, me, what like, is- that was, to me, like, the most troubling, I think, as, um, like, murder investigation is all of this time gap and just, like... To me, opportunity for things to go the wrong direction. Right. The more time you have to think
0: about it, to get your story straight, to corroborate your stories, you know, like... Yeah. And, and not, not only that, but so much distance from, like, the actual crime happening. So, like, things get forgotten or not remembered exactly
1: or the like way it even happened. Or, like, the emotion or... of what happened, it could be gone and things could be matter-of-fact. So, like, for me, like... Just like hearing, going, watching the documentary, reading articles that we found online. All of it's really, really just There is a
0: ton of stuff. I mean, we went through a whole crap ton of stuff. So you could easily find it yourself if you were interested and wanted to kind of like review it. Or if we forget to mention things too and you want to just like, you know, hit us up and say, hey, what about this? I mean, it, it's all very... It's heavy. That's all I'll we'll say. So now we break into the details of the case. So Patsy Ramsey makes this call on the twenty sixth. She says that they're uh pack getting they're up early because they're getting ready to pack for this trip that they're going yeah. on the day after Christmas or a couple of days after so Christmas. I guess
1: mom headed to sleep that night. Kit dad stayed up with the kids, tucked them in. And right. then mom wakes up super early to make some coffee and, and finds the finds a ransom note. This which,
0: okay, this ransom note though, like it's a three-page ransom note.
1: Not only that, it's, like, spread out on, like, uh, the spiral uh, staircase that's located uh, where, I guess, she would plan to be walking, but also it, it the, the, the location where they found it was peculiar. Right. Like, if someone's going
0: to leave a ransom note, I mean, in your house, I don't know, like, on a staircase, I guess... Like, if you would walk down the staircase and walk upon it or something. But it was, like, not the the regular, like, the main staircase in the house. It kind of felt like it was, like, in the kitchen area or something. It sort of looked like the Drummond's house, actually. And
1: what it made me think is, is, like, someone would have to have known you to know that you actually use that type of staircase. That you'd be walking there,
0: that you'd find it there. Like, how long would you be walking around your house before you'd stumble upon that? So, apparently, she stumbled upon this right away, this three-page... ransom note hand okay and here's the other thing is it's handwritten yeah and it's handwritten on paper torn from a tablet that was in her office drawer and they also found on the tablet two like
1: well, it, they found practice. Two pages. Rough they, drafts. Right, yeah, found rough drafts. And they found, like, the pen. Everything had been put back. Right. The pen that she used was the pen that was, like, in a
0: basket underneath, like, the telephone. I guess if they take notes when you make phone calls. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going back in the day before. Yeah. You know, whatever. You actually took notes when she people called. She didn't have a tablet. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and then, like Tish said... Not only was it handwritten and all that stuff used from materials from the house, but then it was put away. Yeah. It was put back where it belonged. So, you know, if if you're a criminal and you are going to be kidnapping someone, you're not going to write in the the house of where you're abducting someone a three-page ransom note that's going to take you 20 minutes to write and then clean up after yourself and replace you know maybe clean up after yourself but you know what i mean like replace all the objects and put them back where you got them from right it's like
1: one of those things yeah and then when the investigators were actually actually tested, like, those 20 minutes was a very accurate time that it took the, each of them to actually physically write that in. So they were talking about this letter was written with no haste. They're dotting all the I's. They're crossing all the T's. Uh, they're using very careful language. Um, but another known fact about um, uh, Patsy was she had – she's a journalism major. So some of these words that were being used in there, just seemed... Someone who was educated. or And seeming to contradict or beca- trying to set some kind of standard. Well, in the beginning, they said that they were trying to allude to the fact that this
0: was a foreign faction, a small foreign faction. It actually said this in the letter. But then they were like, why would they put that in there? Because they want you to think that this is someone that's a foreigner. Maybe right. not someone local. Someone that has English as a second language. But when you go through the whole entire letter and read it from A to Z, you find out, no, this was written by a very educated English is your first language. I, I really recommend this documentary, you guys. It's totally worth watching. So anyway, so she finds this letter. She makes the 911 call. Mm-hmm. Speaks to the... Um, The the operator operator, and is super frantic like, oh, my God, oh,
1: my God, my daughter, you know, you have to hear the call. Yeah. And all of that sounds like she sounds legit, legit, you know, and she's she's reacting like someone who's in a panic. But then towards the end of the call, well, this is the thing, too, is that one of the things
0: that the experts say is if you're making a 911 call and you really are frantic and you're upset, your child's missing, someone's hurt your first gut reaction is to stay on the line begging for help or to stay on the line until help arrives. Because that's your, like, only connection to getting the assistance
1: that you need. You yeah, know, especially if you're frantic. For me, too, like, I'm, I'm a mom with two kids. And if there was a letter that I found saying that they took one of my children and I'm on 911, I would be frantically trying to find my other child. I would be making sure... That no one else is in the house, I would be, I would even be looking. I would not be okay until someone came and arrived. I think I would be losing my shit. That's what I felt too when I was like
0: listening to like how the timeline was. Mm-hmm. Like if I found a letter, and in this letter, this very long letter, it says over and over again, if you make any crooked moves, basically, Mm -hmm. we are going to kill your kid. Yeah. So if you call the cops, if you tell a friend, if you go across the street, if you walk out your door, like whatever it is to any extreme, you do anything that we find fishy, we're gonna kill your kid. And her first instinct was to do the opposite of that, which I found very interesting. And, and not only that, but Like Tish said, my first instinct I feel if I had more than one child would be well, first off, I see this letter, I would still look for my kid. Yeah, I would look through every room in the entire house, see if this Mm -hmm. was a legit thing, if Mm -hmm. this is some kind of prank or joke, yeah, come some kind of sick thing. They have so many people in and out of their house all the time. Like what kind of sick thing is this? And especially because in the letter itself it's very specific. It asks for $118,000 which these people are millionaires. And I feel like if you're going to kidnap their child, wouldn't you at least ask for a million dollars? Or Or like some kind of off
1: number, but $118,000 is super specific. It is, and it just happened to be something that was really close to the bonus that he was supposed to be getting there and i was thinking in my head like as his documentary is playing if they had to put up that money for whatever for show whatever he was only willing to put up his bonus and yeah like
0: that's the other thing i thought too and even after all this i'm gonna jump ahead a little bit when they were like once they knew she she had passed and and they were like trying to find the person that killed their daughter they they put up a hundred thousand dollars as a reward, yeah, and I know that's a massive reward, but when you are a millionaire and this is your child, yeah. like that seems like a drop in the bucket, yes, so anyways this this weird amount, this very specific amount that was could be leaked to linked to the Christmas bonus that he received, which was actually a pretty hefty bonus is in this letter. And so anyway, she makes this call and she's frantic and she basically hangs up
1: yeah, on like, the operator, right, like ends the call, terminates the which call. Which is weird. It's like like the conversation, the lady's still asking her questions and like she's, and she's just even gone. going, Patsy, Patsy, like yeah, and calm down, and then she's just gone, yeah. But, but- What she didn't realize, what Patsy didn't realize, is that she didn't actually hang up correctly. Yeah,
0: she thought she had. And this is brilliant on the end of the 911 operator, if Mm -hmm. you ask me. I'm assuming they're trained for this, but... She realized that the call wasn't terminated and you could kind of just, if you just listen to it for the first time and don't really listen in depth, all you kind of just hear is like, yeah, like you don't really know, like you can tell there's background noise going on, but the 911 operator is like, there's still someone there and Mm -hmm. I could be getting evidence. I could be, she already had a weird feeling just the way that the phone call went
1: that it didn't seem it legit, awkward to her, like yeah. not common, and that was like a red flag to her that she needed to be paying. But attention.
0: then she heard voices mm-hmm. in those six seconds, and what she thought she heard was something along the lines of "Okay, now we've called nine one one. Like, what do we do next?" And she never was questioned by the police. She never was. You know brought on the stand like
1: this could have been like huge evidence. Yeah she was waiting for them they they actually had told her not to talk about it until trial and then they were never she was never questioned or bought as like a grand jury witness or anything like that. So the cool thing is these experts come in now. I mean, not now,
0: probably within the last six years. And you know how technology has advanced mm-hmm, so much. Mm-hmm. And they were able to like really pinpoint the voices and stuff that's in that last six seconds of the call. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I can honestly tell you with great confidence, sounds like John Ramsey.
1: Yes. And it, believe- it's
0: like, um, and he says something like, we're not talking to you. Like, Like he's upset with someone. We're not speaking with you or we're not talking to you, something along those lines. And then you can hear another voice that sounds like Patsy. And that's kind of like not totally clear. And it's something along the lines of, what have you done? Oh, Jesus. Jesus help me. Jesus help me. But yeah.
1: That was like kind of up for debate because the three experts are listening and they all kind of heard different things, but they settled on that probably what it yeah, was. Yeah, because
0: a couple of them heard her say like, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. And then someone said, what have you done? Oh, Jesus kind of thing. And then the third one is what sounds like a child's voice mm-hmm. that says, what did you find? Yeah, what did you find? What did you find? And that is being argued that that was Burke. And the interesting part about that is they have said, you know, reported, have have been interviewed and have said over and over and over again and not changed their story that Burke wasn't awake. Burke didn't know. Burke was asleep in his bed. They did not wake him up.
1: Which is peculiar in itself because, again, there's that, that motherly drive to make sure that if one of my children is missing that I'm going to go immediately try to protect my other one, my remaining child, and see where that, that child is. And through this commotion of stuff going on, there's no way that you're not going to make a lot of noise to wake up that child in the morning with all the commotion. And I would assume that they would also have needed him to help search the house, right? Which, by as the story goes on, doesn't
0: even seem like something they even thought about doing. Yeah, or like, hey, did you see your sister? Right, like anything?
1: Not nothing. Did you of that? see
0: the intruder? Did you hear anything? Like anything like that? So then, you know, after she calls nine one one, she calls friends. Friends come over. This is two minutes sort of like after, right? Two making minutes the nine one one call. She calls friends. So. And and basically, if your house is a crime scene, and we don't know what kind of crime has taken place, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whether it be a kidnapping, a homicide, at this point, but your house is a crime scene, the last thing that you want to do is bring people into the crime scene to disturb it, right? And that's what they did. So now everyone's walking around, touching things, picking stuff up, and totally disturbing the crime scene. And then the cops arrive, and they start to look around. And even though there's a broken window in the basement, which they believe could be a point of access, Mm -hmm. they find absolutely no signs of an intruder. Yeah. None. Not one. No, nothing. Like, and I mean, no, no grass moved or anything around the point, uh, the access point or what they think is the access point. No. Nothing moved around in the house other than, you know, the note being written and everything being put back exactly where it belongs.
1: And what was also devastating about this whole thing, too, was a lack of experience, not in the fault of the investigation that was taking place, because murders and things like this nature were just not common they didn't have a lot of practice so as they were coming in there was a lot of mistakes Stakes that were made yeah. yeah they're being made over and over and things that should not have happened happening. yeah there's
0: a point of time where they're in the house and and john ramsey goes missing for like an hour and a half
1: yeah and that- so and
0: and no question was brought to that until this like expert calls and they're like hey what's going on and they're like oh we haven't had an eye on john in an hour and a half and he's like what the fuck
1: and, like, again, like, I think, too, they're treading very lightly because this is somebody who had immense wealth, probably political power, and they knew that, like, again... Big, at least in their community. Yeah, so, I, yeah, so they were being really careful on how they handled this because of the, the situation and the neighborhood that this was happening in, the people they're dealing with. So this expert is basically like, okay...
0: We need to have eyes on him all the time Mm -hmm. at every second. So you're going to find him and you are going to keep him by your side and do a search of the house and like keep him with you as you search kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, he reappears. And when he reappears, he's like super agitated.
1: Like, it's been like five because hours it's been point.
0: yeah so long that they've been in his house and he almost is just like let's get on with this let's, like he didn't expect them to be there that long he's super agitated and and the investigator that's there on hand kind of like takes note of this so she says okay we're gonna search the entire house from top to bottom and immediately john jumps up and grabs his friend Uh, one of the whites and goes beeline straight for the basement. So she says top to bottom, expecting him to go top to bottom, but goes directly to the location where her body is and quote unquote finds her. Mm -hmm. And the interesting part too, is that is, is not a like high traffic area in their house or even a room that you would know existed unless you lived there and used it. So, it's like in the basement, but like through another door and they use it as a, as I'm doing finger quotes, wine
1: cellar. Oh. Wine cellar, yet the way it looked as more like, as, like the walls were like fucking like galvanized metal. You know what it kind like of reminded that. me it of? It could have been cold storage. It kind of
0: reminded me of, um, you remember that show from last summer called Cruel Summer and the girl was kept in the basement and Mm -hmm. it was very like, it was carpeted and stuff. You know what I mean? Like they had rooms before it. This was like its own little kind of room off to the side, but the rooms before it like had... Obviously, they played in there. It was like a playroom and, and that kind of stuff, too. So the uh, room that he found her in is super dark. You're in a basement, like, and you can't see unless you turn the lights on. He literally walked all the way straight back to that room, opened the door and said, "I found her." I found her and then flipped on the light afterward and then you could see that she had a, i think i believe a blanket thrown over her mm-hmm. and you know if, again as a parent i would be frantic i'd, I'd be, be pulling screaming. blankets off trying to see if she was breathing if i needed to dislodge anything from her throat see if she was alive try to do um cpr or anything and she had duct tape on her mouth and her hands were above her head tied And this is so disturbing, so again, warning, but um, Rigamortis had set in, Mm -hmm. so she was a stiff body at this time. But even so, he didn't pick up his baby girl and, like, cradle her and cry and hold him, hold her against – he picked her up and held her far away from him, almost like you would, you know – grab something that you were disturbed by and you didn't want touching you yeah and then carried her up the stairs or didn't want your evidence, evidence on, to be right all over because exactly now
1: you know what's gonna happen
0: carried her up the stairs and said please help her and didn't lay her on the counter didn't lay her on the couch didn't lay her on her bed put her on the floor in a very high traffic walk area where a bunch of people had been walking dirty floor. And I believe they had had their own Christmas party, too. So a bunch of people had already been in their house a couple days before, you know, police were in there. So anyways, he, he they they also said, if you find anything, don't
1: touch anything, don't move anything. Yes. This is like
0: a crime scene. And so the very first thing he does is he just disur- disturbs the crime scene.
1: Yeah, he does that. And then, like, get me what they call later as transfer evidence and uh, and DNA all the crime scene, the evidence have been, um, DNA evidence and all that have been contaminated. So you're like, whatever you find, you basically have to roll out because now there's like dirt and other things like mixed into like everything Right. Else yeah. That's like going now on.
0: dad's obvious DNA, you know, handprints are on her. Tra- they call it transfer, I believe, DNA um, and all the stuff. He totally just disrupted completely the crime scene. And then to top it off, The officer that's there didn't want her in that walkway. So then she picked her up and moved her to another location, Mm -hmm. disturbing the crime scene further, adding more DNA, more fingerprints, you know,
1: like more just risk for contamination. So what was found in
0: the room where she was found was a broken window Mm-hmm. and then a suitcase under the window, like kind of planted there in such a way either so that they could step up up on the suitcase to escape.
1: But I don't know. It, it, so, the way it could be interpreted so many ways, there's so many things happening that in the background and in the foreground, like, was it also there t- because it was going to be a, like a, a something to transport a body in? Or was it just, like they're going on a trip? Again, like, was it, this happened to be like, He had a suitcase ready And again, he's missing for an hour and a half during all this time. What was he
0: doing? doing? Where was he? So this is what's found down there. Um, And then again, the way that she was... Basically, they said, okay, she was strangled and she died from asphyxiation. Well, then they do an autopsy and they find out she did not die from asphyxiation she died from blunt force trauma mm-hmm. so she got hit on the head with something that cracked her skull and led to severe brain damage which was eventually going to lead to her death either yes. way and then about an hour or so later she was then tied up, tied up and they was strangled
1: yes it made it yeah so she she did well, te- yeah, technically she died from the blunt force trauma, but made to look made like it look she like, yeah. was strangled to death. And
0: they tried to make it look like it was. I don't know if we can say this, but we'll just say an inappropriate um, things happened where DNA and stuff had been planted. Basically, probably, it's still really unclear, on her bottoms. We'll say that. Onto her, her pajama bottoms and her under garments so now and even even the the people that are kind of like messing the whole situation up forgive me for saying that but not messing it up but just really not having the expertise or the um, knowledge or not really knowing exactly how to handle the situation are still going what the double fuck Mm -hmm. like all leads point to dad like we think you know Da- honest- dad did this honestly
1: up until maybe like towards the end of watching said documentary and reading a bunch of research yeah i 100 uh, percent was convinced for the longest time that dad was the person i never believed him when i like back then when i seen the interviews and the things that were coming out um and like things like dad calling his plane and, and like trying to get it ready trying to leave saying we we're going on a trip and like them having all this time um, from being, like, being suspects to being interviewed. Like, it just seemed to me like it was being covered up. There was something peculiar happening that should not be happening in an investigation. Yeah, you
0: mentioned something, too, that I thought was really peculiar. While he's in the house and the investigators or stuff are in the house. He actually made two calls to pilots Mm -hmm. to get out like right like immediately this was right after his daughter was found dead he called his pilot and was like let's go kind of thing to
1: me like okay i'm if i'm a police officer regardless of like these are professionals who should know that in an investigation that you question everyone and you don't assume that anybody is telling the truth, and you try to find out clues on your yourself as much evidence as you possibly can, regardless of the situation. you separate people out. I feel like who let him just walk off? Why weren't they being followed around the house and like then that was like the hugest like blunder in money. <laughs> It was that, but also, like, give. let's give you a plan of exactly what we're going to do to give you time to do something around that. And I guess it it could have been rookie mistakes, but at the same time, I don't feel like it was. I feel like it was, like, almost intentional, and things happen in a series or a certain fashion. Yeah, and a
0: lot of the things that I've read about it, And kind of what I touched on in the beginning was them being affluent. And Mm -hmm. because they had so much money and because they were like this kind of picture-perfect white American family, it was the last thing that anyone wanted to see were that that they could – be involved in a crime of any kind right and especially of this caliber because
1: it so, went against the whole narrative of like people who commit or, crimes
0: or yeah right so it was kind of like we cannot indict them we cannot arrest them we cannot accuse them we're gonna do everything that we can possible to exonerate or to sweep stuff phone right Because this cannot be the narrative. Mm -hmm. And that's what it seems like a lot through this case, which is so sad for that freaking little girl. Well, the other thing is, now you're thinking, okay... I mean, there's so much more. Trust me, there's so much more into depth, so many more details that we're not giving. If we did, this would probably be six episodes or more long. There's a lot. It's really heavy. So again, I suggest I recommend if you want to know more to go online or to watch the documentary that we mentioned or several other documentaries. But at this point, you know, you have several suspects and the list starts getting narrowed down.
1: yeah what I really liked about the documentary is like as they're um posting up piece by piece with like being very logical and analytical about it um it's like deductive reasoning like we we go from having like all these possibilities but as evidence is tested you're you're cutting things off you're cutting things off and then it just narrows down just like Frankie said to being the people in the house well at first I think – I'm not sure if the suspect
0: list stands today. A couple of them don't because they are now deceased. But it was, like, kind of down to eight people. Um, and most mostly everyone points to it has to be somebody in the house. Mm-hmm. It has to be within because they knew too much information about their finances. They knew how to get in and out. They, it was obvious that there was no one that accessed the house from the outside. It was someone that was already inside. Yeah, Like, all this stuff kind of, like, leads to – very much an inside job, but there were eight, I guess, good suspects, and the first one would be mom, and it was kind of just like, oh, it was an accident. She probably snapped, you know, you know, hit her for whatever reason. I know that they were saying a lot that uh, John Bennet had um, accidents at
1: night in bed. Yeah, so there was where- reports or articles that were like from statements that like. Once mom found like you know that she had wet the bed that she flipped her lid and right wasn't really happy about it and, and honestly like from it, not not that I knew her personally but just from things that were like mentioned she she just liked her home a certain way yeah she, she seemed, seemed to fit that profile right? yeah so sh- she seemed to want everything in its place in that picture perfectness in every like angle and that especially she
0: like her daughter she's training her to be the n- the next Miss whatever because mm-hmm. the mom was Miss I don't even remember what West Virginia West Virginia or whatever. Yeah. Had She's one putting when she was 20 her and, in pageants. Right. And the little girl didn't really want to do it. But yeah. you're gonna follow in mom's footsteps, and everything needs to be perfect and pristine, mm-hmm. and you know, peeing the bed is not up high on our list. So they're kind of just like, you know, John Bonet probably had an accident and mom flipped and then maybe hit her head against the bathtub or something, not realizing how hard she hit, and then they covered it up. Yeah. Uh the other theory is dad, and honestly. <sighs> the stuff that they're saying about why dad did it, I don't even want to discuss.
1: No. I, uh, but I mean, I'm sure you can. It doesn't take too much Googling to, to find um, some conspiracy theories. And I was like, just because it touches on uh, topics that we don't feel comfortable talking about. Right. We're going to shy away from that. But just saying that he's, he's involved with some heavy stuff or is allegedly involved in some heavy stuff. And this is a possible that would lead to,
0: yeah, sort of inappropriateness and in, in allowing people into the house and to have access to his daughter, which could have led to this. Right. Um, so we'll leave it there. Uh, the other one is the brother. So as we go on in our research and honestly, like watching him in interviews mm-hmm. and stuff, um, he does a Dr. Phil interview. He does. Um, I can't even remember what else. he's He's been on TV. So I would recommend. But. Um, You can also see the uh, interviews done by the investigators initially when his sister's found, and then maybe a couple years later. And he seems really, really, really off. Yes. And... And there are also reports where he was extremely jealous of his sister. I think they were like four years apart. And, you know, he was the only child for four years and was kind of like the golden child and showered mm-hmm. with all this stuff. And then here comes John Bonet. And then she's sort of like the apple of her mother's eye, you know, and her mom's trying to make a little, a little her and all this money and time and love and whatever else is being in- invested and in he her. And he can't compete. With that. Yeah. Right. So he, ought- he really was jealous and he did have a temper. Um, there were witnesses that said how he would fly off the handle with his sister and this kind of stuff. And how one time um, uh, there was an incident where I guess John Monet's mom said that Burke had gone off because he was upset with her and hit her with a golf uh, club. Golf club. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't unheard of that he would harm her or get angry with her or go off on her in some way. So now as we get further into this, the interesting thing is they're thinking that maybe they didn't go home and go straight to bed, that they were up and having a good time and having a midnight snack. If you look on the, um, uh, the evidence of the kitchen area, there's a bowl that has pineapple Mm -hmm. in it with milk. I guess she used to really like, jean Bonet liked her pineapple served in a bowl of milk And But it doesn't have any of her DNA on it whatsoever, not on the spoon, not on the bowl or anything. But it it all has Burke's. Right. It has Burke's DNA. There's also a cup of tea that that has Burke's DNA and mom's DNA on it. And um, a couple other things. There was a, a large... Uh, what do they call them those big fa- flashlights? There's like a name for it. And um, I can't remember mag light maglite. they're huge. so they're, they're like though I kind of imagine like when you watch movies with police and they have those giant flashlights, it's kind of like that it's pretty massive and you know they're pretty heavy.
1: and those are meant to be honestly dual thing as as a weapon, like a blunt weapon to protect yourself and a huge flashlight. Right, so there's all this stuff that's on the table, and they're they kind of
0: like deduce you know there's no proof in it. it's all mm-hmm. circumstantial evidence and 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 their own findings or what they believe to be findings is you know that maybe John Bonet reached over into Burke's bowl and grabbed a piece of pineapple. he got pissed off, grabbed a flashlight, and hit her on the head because the the trauma to her head mm-hmm. fits exactly the size In of shape, the head right. of the flashlight right and there would be no blood because it it would because it was a blunt object jacked it wouldn't have pierced through the skin
1: so that was one of their theories so again like going through the evidence again we're not trying to say not pointing in on anybody just just, just from the evidence alone we already have three stories we have three people and all of them fit a narrative of being the potential um perpetrator the person who murdered this little girl and at in the end you still have a girl who lost her life Which is
0: just horrific. It doesn't. I mean, it matters who does it. The you know they need closure. I feel like Jean Benet needs needs even though she's gone that closure for her. Um, but they also thought that this drifter named Gary Olivia may have done it. I believe in two thousand he was apprehended on drug charges, and they found a magazine cutout of Jean Benet like in his belongings. But he was cleared with DNA evidence. And then there was also this electrician named Ollie Gray gone into allegedly a property dispute with the Ramseys. And they had also allegedly found a boot print near the Ramsey home that was similar to boots that he wore. He ended up committing suicide two days after the 1997 press conference announcing that the Boulder DA was zeroing in on a new suspect. And then there was, in 2006, a school teacher named John—I want to say Mark—and he confessed in very graphic sexual detail that he had killed her and why. And it was found out that he was just obsessed with JonBenet, mm-hmm. and they ended up dismissing him and they wrote him off as a pedophile who was just looking for fame. And to be honest, they couldn't even verify that he was ever in the Boulder area around
1: the time of her murder. The documentary and like the things that they mentioned and things that they like found as far as like comparing DNA evidence, um, it looks more like a death and then cover up rather than the actual things that they leaked out to the press actually happened. Like the whole... Well, there was also a housekeeper. So a housekeeper had said to the police
0: that... And she would have had access to the home. She would have had possible access to his, like, uh, check stub to know how much he had received in his bonus, Mm -hmm. right? So the housekeeper sort of pointed a finger at Pat. No, I don't want to say pointed a finger, but sort of just gave up some information about Patsy. Well, they were pointing that, the
1: finger at her. Right. So, saying
0: again. she was telling, you know, Hey, she kind of, I think has multiple personalities. She's good one minute, not the next minute. She flies off the handle. She'll get into altercations with um, John Benet about either wetting the bed or not wanting to wear a specific dress that she wants her to wear. And, you know, so she's kind of like off kilter. So then back Patsy said, no, was the housekeeper you know for all those reasons that i'd mentioned before plus she had no alibi she was home apparently at you know by herself sleeping in her bed while her husband slept on the couch the night of the murder but they cannot do anything because all evidence surrounding her is like circumstantial the last one was a I don't know if he was a community Santa Claus who like went to parties and stuff. And he kind of paid like a lot of attention to John Binet, and she had given him like a vial or something with glitter in it. And he was like, Oh, like loving to her and obsessed with her and kept the glitter by, you know, himself. And when he got heart surgery, he took the glitter with him. And he said, if he died, he wanted to be cremated and the glitter added to his ashes. And it kind of, at the end of the day, just boiled down to a, a, a sweet old man, kind of you that know, was, story
1: like, taken into like a like a, a kind of gross way when people like put all right because the they're trying to like you know find you know find the
0: sexual predator and and they're just sort of just looking for this sort of profile like what could possibly fit it and at the end of the day it's still down to the three you know and and although in two thousand eight it says that they were cleared you know I don't even know. I mean, there's so many different possibilities of really what could happen mm-hmm. it could have been mom lost her lid it could have been dad lost his lid or you know it could have been that brother lost his lid or somebody was jealous and knew the family and wanted money or it could have been any of those things it could have been a random
1: thing it could have been in the worst case scenario but like some of the theories that they right. think that, they ha- that happened to her but
0: at the end of the day with all of the evidence and there being no point uh, for an intruder to come through and there being no outside DNA and there being no, well, I don't want to say outside DNA because they found DNA DNA on her that didn't match to anybody. But mm-hmm. it's also proven that DNA could be, um, I don't even know what the word is, it transferred or um, like they had taken a pair in one of the documentaries that we were watching, they had taken a pair of underwear out of a package that had never been opened before yeah. and did a DNA swab
1: on it. And So like right now, found- I'm, I'm touching Frankie's shoulder and I'm, I'm doing a transfer DNA as I'm rubbing my hands. So just a mere fact of me Handling something that goes into a bag could potentially be right, so this is a shirt else. that has never
0: been worn before, and you're putting it into a package to sell to someone, and then that person opens up the package, and the person who handled it to put it in the package's DNA is all over it, yeah, so
1: that's kind of like what they're saying too, like they've had hundreds of specimens Which of whatever. brings up the whole recent thing with um, John Ramsey having the DNA tested again, and he's saying all the people that were on the list were basically exonerated from that because it didn't match. To me, that it doesn't matter because that DNA could have came from anywhere. So if it's not one of the suspects and it was a cover-up, it goes with that whole theory that... It could have been from the manufacturer and some random, random person. Or
0: she had just been at a party, too. And yeah. she's this
1: cute, sweet little girl that everyone's probably picking up. Yeah.
0: And she's doing her little song and dance or whatever. And you know when you pick up a child and you hold them by their bottom? Mm-hmm. Like, it could have been anything like that, you know? And then the DNA not being related to the Ramses, I kind of find weird, too. Because don't you think their DNA would be all over her?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like every part of her,
0: you know, touching her
1: hair, touching her face, touching her clothes, picking her pajamas up out of the... um It wouldn't make sense, too, that, like, it's a Christmas party, so you're going to make sure your kid has all brand new stuff, especially in that type of culture. Everything's going to be brand spanking new, and, like, down to the underwear and everything, like, you need a new outfit for this party that we're going to, and here you go. And then the one person who happens to pick that up. But again, it's like they didn't find anything else on that either. Even people that related to her. Right. And and and, and this is so horrible, because I'm not going to say it's anyone
0: exactly, because honestly, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. And we don't have hard evidence. We don't have proof beyond the shadow right. of a doubt, for sure. So who, who am I to, to, you know, say who really that I think it is? But there's a lot of evidence and a lot of research and a lot of documentaries and everything out. And when you pick all the pieces out and you put it together, it kind of does point to someone in the house mm-hmm. and them all working to cover it up.
1: Yeah, definitely mom and dad had a, like a huge, huge hard in covering yeah. it up. And to
0: There me, was a lot of excess. There was a lot of unnecessary, the binding of the arms and, and things, too, and setting to up note. the sets to make it look like someone else had come in and done this when it was obvious that no one had. Mm-hmm. So it was a total... It seems as though it was a total cover-up. Yeah, a
1: total fabricated story with, like, a bunch of, like, red herring. And to the extreme, too.
0: Like, not simple in any way, which also proves to the point that it was fabricated. Like, there's far too much detail.
1: And then even from the time of her death to when they found her, they had plenty of time to be up all night, like, orchestrating all of these pieces. And their stories about who was sleeping here and who was doing what everything just seemed oh and not only that but when they were they
0: didn't i forgot to mention this they did not cooperate with police right they they initially they did not whatsoever and they went around the neighborhood and told all of their neighbors and friends not to cooperate with the police not to do any interviews not to talk to the press to keep your mouth shut and if anyone didn't follow those rules they were like written off yeah they were no longer friends. So that just kind of
1: adds to the whole. Yeah. And we were talking about, we were driving somewhere and we we're talking about like the whole thing too, like just on that level. And once they lawyered up, like which was like the next day, the lawyers probably told them, like, you guys is royally fucked all this shit up. And now we have to do damage control. Now you guys need to shut the fuck up and all your friends need to. And I'm, I'm just speculating this was a conversation being had. Just by what they had found, and just looking at the evidence, suggesting it already looked like parents were involved, and this was a really bad sign, yeah, for them. they had to do like double work to to change the narrative,
0: really. Like, instead of it just being, this is what it is, and let's talk about this, it's like, this is what it is, and now it looks like it's all being covered up, and now you're doing all this stuff, and now you're not co- cooperating. I mean, it took a family friend to be like, dude, you need to fucking cooperate with the police for yeah. them to even, you know, do their investigation. When I said, like, months later, December, four months later, four
1: months later, okay, how finally... And that's like, that's every single day And it's like, if that. your
0: daughter was murdered, if your home was broken into... Wouldn't you want to cooperate with the police to make sure that whoever had done this has been caught and stopped and could not repeat this? Right. Or to get that closure for you?
1: Yeah, the whole neighborhood and like the whole like area on the news, they were like suggesting that there was someone out there. So now you have your whole community at arms because you want to make up this story. And like, and how fucked up is that? when like i'm i'm in the assumption that is within the household and that is made up as well like your friends need to be quiet and now you guys all have to worry like the everybody's like shutting down doesn't want to talk about it
0: yeah even today or at least in the last 6 years when people would be questioned or asked if they could be questioned everyone was like I don't want any involvement in this. And this was like 20 years later. I don't I don't want to say anything. I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to be questioned. We don't talk about this. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's done. What's done is done. And it, just like Tish said, at the end
1: of the day, we still have a little girl that, that's gone. You she know? paid the price for like someone just wanting that picture perfect life and wanted to, you know, well, she, honestly, she, she just she just paid the price for everything. Like, she was, like, the scapegoat and the one that was being exploited through this whole process, I guess, is a way of putting it.
0: That poor sweet baby. So all I can say is that I pray for her peace. I hope that she can mm-hmm. rest in peace. Mm-hmm. I hope that the truth comes out about her death and... I don't think we'll ever get the when I don't truth. think we will either. Um, but we can only hope that there's some closure for John Benet Ramsey.
1: And I would suggest all of you guys who are interested in this case, like, check out the documentary, obviously. But there's like, tons of documentaries, start yeah. watching videos and stuff, like, and like, gain it just through another lens. Because again, in the beginning, when I seen it, like, I, you know, I had my opinions of what happened, but after further details and more things that I just didn't know, the public didn't know, I feel like um, it really opens it up as for, like, there's just different possibilities, and none of them are good, and none of them are comfortable.
0: And they all end with her being gone. Yeah. So, guys, I know this was a heavy topic. True crime usually is. But thanks for uh, sticking around to hear this one if you did. And mm-hmm. if you didn't, we totally understand. And uh, hopefully we will have a more
1: lighthearted <laughs> episode next well, week. What we have for you that's coming up is actually pretty spectacular. Yeah, we do so, have some fun stuff coming up. So this is like the down before the extreme up. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the, the eye. I don't know. Before say the, the storm. storm. The calm
0: before the storm. But yeah. this is not calm. This is like the, I don't know, the the whip on the tornado and then it goes away after that <laughs> so thank you guys for all of your support thank you for all of your downloads and listens yes this has been an amazing year for us and we hope to continue on for many more uh if our achievements
1: you, are your achievements.
0: <laughs> if you'll please pass the word along mm-hmm. share our podcast with your friends follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that good stuff. Donate to our Women campaign or buy us a potion on Buy Me a Coffee.
1: Visit our website. Do all the fun stuff. If you happen to get one of our QR codes from us too, don't forget to um, post that somewhere cool and give us a picture and share that on social media. Thank you to,
0: I think, Marissa. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Who already did. We appreciate it. And we will talk at you next week. And remember, if you're going to be paranormally active, always use protection.